Well, welcome to another edition of The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh, and you know what today is? Today is Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. That means it's Everyone Wednesday, and we have a very thankful uh, program to talk about gratitude and grace, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how many Bottom Line Show listeners are listening to and benefiting from the giveaway that we have lined up for you. Author Michelle Howe is with us to talk about grace and gratitude for everyday life. Uh, contemporary Christian music star Matt Hammett is uh, here to discuss. Actually, we're going to hear a conversation I had with him not too long ago at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. Today, uh, today we're going to hear his uh, talk about finding the courage to fight for your marriage, your children, and your faith. And boy, is that something that we need to be doing now more than ever before. First, though, I mean, as we get ready for... Thanksgiving, people have been talking about uh, inflation. People have been talking about the cost of everything going up. It's been interesting to see. I mean, it, it is, it's a bit of a minefield. Kind of following up on yesterday's dis, uh, dialogue, we did an analysis, balance, and clarity segment about a recent, um, a, a recent uh, study that was conducted by the news industry. Uh, they've been spending so much time over the past 10 years cutting back on news stations and news coverage and things like that. Local newspapers have kind of vanished and they've been replaced by the national ones and uh, local radio stations and local uh, uh, television stations as well. Um, I'm blessed to live in a community where we have both and it's really nice to have a local newspaper, have local TV and also have the national uh, impressions as well. So they don't just give you big city news and then you say, well, I'm close enough to San Francisco or LA or wherever, <laughs> San Diego. So therefore, I guess that's my local newscast. You want people who kind of live here and, you know, and, and cover those things. But when you only have the national news as your guideline, what happens is the stories you get tend to be more national and they become more local. Like if you listen to the Bottom Line Show, I mean, we're licensed to Costa Mesa, so California, so we do a lot of Costa Mesa stories. We do that because that's our backyard. We do that because the FCC says, hey, you have to serve your area. And so when you listen to the legal ID of KBRT AM 740, which is licensed to Costa Mesa, <clears throat> and then, of course, there's uh, our low-power FM in uh, Corona, 100.7. And then in San Diego, we have AM 1240, which covers East County. Actually, it covers half of San Diego County. It's amazing that it covers as much as it does. And FM 103.3. So we cover stories that cover those areas here in our local backyard. Then we simulcast on KCBC in the Bay Area, KLDC and KLTT in Denver. And, um, and, and there we go. But one thing you may have noticed over the past two and a half years is the fact that the name Gavin Newsom has become kind of a household word nationally. The governor of California has really established himself as a national presence. And if you watch the national news, try this the next time you watch your television newscast. If you still watch a television newscast, I know a lot of people still do. I don't anymore, in all honesty, because dollar for dollar, minute for minute, I really, uh, this is going to sound mean i don't want to sound mean i don't have time to watch david muir on abc or uh, Nora o'donnell on cbs or whatever lester hold on nbc I, i'm quite frankly i'm surprised i know their names the local television stations all across the country are doing more and more news coverage and it's not really because they want to cover the news and they want to serve you it's because it's easier to sell advertising simply put you can hire a bunch of news anchors they'll work for a certain wage 
whereas if they were doing the, the the local independent stations would have to pay to get reruns of Cheers and Friends, MASH and stuff like that. But you can have a news team that's on from 5 in the morning till 10 in the morning and they'll cover just as much news as their sales department tells them they have time to sell and they'll cover stories that tie into the news uh, and also the opportunities to make money for sponsorship and they're basically just printing money i mean i'm not suggesting there are a lot of great news reporters in the major markets and local markets all over the country i'm not insinuating those people are just pay for play types but when you get right down to it they wouldn't be doing a story like i'm doing here <laughs> right and, and toward that end the reason i bring it up is because here we are on the verge of Thanksgiving. We've got some fascinating statistics to share about how many people are or are not celebrating Thanksgiving. But I've got to share this with you because it is, um, it's pretty remarkable. Here, I have referred to California as the People's Republic of California. I know the guys on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast like to have a good chuckle at my expense, but quite frankly, they're all in blue states too. Uh, we just lead the league in regulations and communism and things like that. And I've heard from bottom line listeners say, wait a minute, man, you're a pastor, you're a Christian. Do you think it's right to call Gavin Newsom a fascist? Do you right to you know do whatever? And, and the reality is, well, here, here's the deal. What's the old expression? If it walks like a duck? I mean, in all honesty, take a look at the freedoms that we as U.S. citizens should be enjoying and then ask yourself the question, why have so many bad laws passed in this state? Why are there so many restrictions? Why are so many people leaving California? In all honesty, this mass exodus of California isn't just conservative Christian Republicans. My, I visited our kids in Texas. They're in three different cities. We've got San Antonio, Dallas area, and Houston area, all covered by three of our six kids. And every time we're in town, people find out we're in California. The first question they ask is, you're not moving here, are you? And the second question is, well, if you've ever, ever thought about it, how do you vote, you know? Bring your blue state values to some other state. Don't bring them here, you know. And But it's amazing how many people do actually look at California and they don't realize it's a lot of liberal Democrats who are leaving the state too. We've been told for the past two and a half years that California has been the standard bearer for crisis management. Gavin Newsom declaring a state of emergency and passing no fewer than 47 emergency executive orders to keep Californians safe. That's what we were told. And one by one, now Congressman Kevin Kiley, congratulations on your victory in the 3rd District, former Assemblyman Kevin Kiley and Assemblyman James Gallagher filed a lawsuit against the governor and he was found guilty of using excessive reach above and beyond what was normal and typical for uh, the someone with he gave himself emergency powers that he did not have the right to give not once but twice did a court throw out his executive orders now in many cases the executive orders were in fact replaced by the actual this is how the legislature is supposed to do it first was mail-in voting gavin newsom declared in may when the state assembly and state senate were not meeting that Californians would be getting their ballots by mail and everyone was going to vote that way. That was not his decision to make. No emergency that great. It had to be by a vote of the legislation. And quite frankly, he did it when they were in recess because of COVID. About a week after he made the declaration, they 
rejoined and resat the Congress, the uh, California State Assembly and State Senate. And you know what they did? They passed a measure. <laughs> they passed a bill that mandated that in the 2020 election, all the elections would be done by mail. That law passed and stood. And you know why it did? Because that's the job of the legislature to create those laws. 47 times Gavin Newsom issued an executive order. I mean, in terms of the pandemic management, remember when President Biden announced back in the summer, we have finally crossed the line. We are now in endemic mode and not in pandemic mode. And what did uh, our illustrious governor here do? He decided that the pandemic would officially end on February 28th, 2023. Now, how could he make that declaration in September? Does he have some kind of crystal ball that says, I predict by the end of February that COVID will no longer be a problem and we won't need an emergency, but therein lies the rub. The minute the midterm election ended, Joe Biden backed away from his pandemic to pandemic mode and said, oh, by the way, I'm extending my emergency powers till the end of April in 2023. Just between you and me, by the end of April 2023, my prediction is Joe Biden will no longer be the president of the United States. And Kamala Harris will no longer be the vice president of the United States. You know who's going to be president of the United States by April of 2023? This is my prediction. I'm serious as a heart attack. Gavin Newsom. It was an op-ed in thehill.com last week that suggested that what will happen is once the new Congress is sworn in in January of 2023, uh, President Biden's going to sit down, work a backroom deal with Kamala Harris and get her to leave. He will replace her with Gavin Newsom, who will then execute the 25th Amendment, get Congress to go along with it, and now Joe Biden will be retired, Kamala Harris will be out to pasture, and Gavin Newsom will be the president, and some transgendered, left-handed, I don't know, uh, is going to be the vice president of the United States. I know that sounds crazy, but you can sell Gavin Newsom's presidency to Democrats. You can sell his presidency to progressives. He's cool. He's young. But quite frankly, you can still trust him because he's a white guy with a Pat Riley haircut. But why would you trust him? I mean, he was bragging for the past couple of years that California was the gold standard. Here's how we handle me. Fifth largest economy in the world. If we were our own nation, we should just secede from the union because of Donald Trump. And then Joe Biden takes over. And what does we get? What do we get from Gavin Newsom? Well, look how we got budget surpluses coming out of our ears. $100 billion surplus. What will we do with all the extra money? And you had tiny little voices like this guy here, me, saying, uh, excuse me, pardon me, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Governor, sir. I, I do have an observation to ask. How big would the surplus, quote unquote, in California be if we were not receiving boatloads of money in COVID relief from the federal government. At which point I would get a neck dart and wind up taking a nap. (laughs) Well, we heard about how great it was, how great it was, how good the economy is. Come to California. But then all of a sudden last year, the governor started acting kind of crazy, shutting down churches and losing at the Supreme Court. And then all of a sudden, Roe versus Wade is overturned. We've got to get Prop 1 on the ballot. And then the governor goes on a tour saying, hey, if your kid is transgender, come to California. We've changed the law. So now the kid could come and have the transgender surgery and no one could stop it because they won't have to know about it. We're going to go from doing 46,000 abortions a year to doing 1.3 million abortions every year. And I thought, 
why is he so hot to trot with regard to these alternative issues when it comes to funding? I mean, my goodness, from a Matt Walsh and Joe Rogan conversation on the Rogan Experience a couple weeks ago, when Matt Walsh erroneously said, you know how many millions of kids right now are getting puberty blockers? And Joe Rogan did a little fact check and said, actually, it's about 1,100. So California changed the law to make it legal for a parent to take a kid across state lines to California without letting the other parent or any other family members know so they can have their transgender reassignment surgery here in the People's Republic of California. And that's going to make money because not only is there the money for the surgeon and the preparation for the surgery, but they're going to be on hormone replacement therapy for the rest of their life. For a thousand kids? There's that much money in it? It's worth selling your soul that much, Mr. Governor? Well, uh, the new budget projections for California fiscal year 23-24 are in, and California is looking at a potential, can I use the R word? Recession. What? No more $100 billion budget surplus? Wait till you find out what the budget deficit projection for next year is and why it looks like even California might be powerless to stop it. It's coming up next as the bottom line continues. When you're injured in an accident, you just want to be treated like a human being. But when you are denied what you need to make a quick and full recovery, it can feel dehumanizing. Stephanie Cover puts her clients total healing first, and that means fighting for a settlement that respects you as a human being. The insurance companies don't necessarily care about why you need a settlement, but they know that it means they will lose money. Stephanie will stand up for a dollar amount that values your life and the full process of your complete restoration. Even when the insurance companies are doing their best not to pay you, you have a leg up because Stephanie Cover used to work for those same insurance companies. Getting you well-positioned for your full physical, financial, and spiritual recovery is Stephanie's goal in working with you. Save her number now or call 877-214-4935. That's 877-214-4935. Then fill out a contact form at kbrightradio.com slash coverlaw. Stephanie Cover, she knows the other side. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and we are talking about Gavin Newsom's quest for 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and how many people uh, were singing his praises during the pandemic. He locked everything down. He kept people safe, had a budget surplus, blah, blah, blippity, blah. So why wouldn't he make an excellent president, you might ask? Uh, May I? Well, how about that $100 billion budget deficit is surplus is projected to now be a $25 billion budget deficit? for the upcoming fiscal year. It's true. That's a nasty mood swing. $125 billion from $100, $100 billion in the black to $25 billion in the red. But let's face it, inflation has gone nuts. The stock market has been tanking. This is a study by Personal Capital, which is an online wealth management company. They're talking about what we're going to be doing tomorrow for Thanksgiving. The average turkey has increased in cost by 20% over where it was in 2021. 5% of total national production has been taken offline because of an avian influenza problem. That's part of it. But the rest, Department of Agriculture says that between September 2021 and September 2022, food prices have jumped an average of 13%. 
You know what that means? One out of every three Americans say they are hosting a smaller Thanksgiving dinner this year simply because of cost. And one out of every four Americans say they are actually skipping Thanksgiving because they can't afford the meal. Wow. That's not just in California, but it's because of policies like you see in California. So Gavin Newsom, golden boy extraordinaire, heir apparent to the throne at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, has a little bit of splaining to do. Now, obviously, the S&P 500, which is the key indicator of the stock market, and that's where the super rich are making their money, it's dropped 17% this year. People are selling off their stocks. They're cashing in. The true value of certain uh, stocks is really coming into light. But here's the challenge that Governor Newsom has, that Governor Brown had, that Governor Schwarzenegger had, Governor Duke Majin had, Governor Wilson had. I mean, the, the list goes on in California governors. And that is there are so many state-mandated expenses, many of them involving public employees, but when it comes to the legislative analyst's office, you know, there's nationally, there's the Congressional Budget Office, the CBO. They are ostensibly a nonpartisan organization that is designed to uh, give you a clue, like when President Biden said, hey, we're going to sign the Inflation Reduction Act, and uh, it's going to reduce inflation, because that's why we call it the Inflation Reduction Act. It had tons of government spending, all sorts of pork in it, $1.2 trillion dollars. And the CBO reviewed it and they said, okay, this year it will lower inflation by 0.1%. Next year, inflation will go up by 0.1%. You can do the math on that one. The Inflation Reduction Act over a two-year period will do exactly nothing to lower inflation. Costs will still be as high as they are. And when analysts tell you, hey, we should be grateful, inflation fell. Now it's only 7.7%. Do you realize inflation is cumulative? If you're comparing inflation from 2020 to 2021 and say inflation is 8.3% higher in November of 21 than it was in November of 20, that's an 8.3% increase. If you then say prices are higher by 7.7% in November of 2022 compared to November of 2021, then you can say, Yeah, look, it went from 8.3% to 7.7%. It's lower. That's good. Um, It's 7.7% higher than the prices that were 8.3% higher the year before. You see the cumulative effect there. And you got a raise of maybe 5%. You got a Social Security cost of living increase or cost of living adjustment, COLA, of 7%. You got 7% this year. You got 2% last year. You are in a bad way. Well, California has the Legislative Analysts Office, which is similar to the Congressional Budget Office. It's completely nonpartisan. And last Wednesday, they published, hoping you wouldn't notice, what the state revenue projection is for the next fiscal year. State revenues are now at $41 billion below expectations. Now, there will be some rather painful spending decisions that the governor will have to make. Rest assured, all of their favorite pet projects are going to stay. If you're a low-income immigrant living in the country without legal permission, no worries. You're still going to get your money. 
the California government that wants to make sure that kindergarten is free for all four-year-olds? No problem whatsoever. But I'll tell you what, when you look at the fiscal outlook for 2023-2024, this is one of the analysts who took a look at this said, you know, when you get right down to it, this isn't exactly a crisis if for no other reason then California is in a pretty better position to weather this kind of storm than other states. You remember Jerry Brown and his infamous rainy day fund. Well, apparently there is some money in some savings accounts that the state has. The state does have assets that they could liquidate. But check this out. Does California have enough to weather a $25 billion storm? And this is a projection for fiscal 23-24, which begins on July 1st of next year. We're talking at least seven months from now. What is the economy going to look like? It's only dropped 17% on the stock market. And remember, California has a state teacher's retirement system and a public employee system that is monstrous. So how much does California have on hand And uh, why should we be listening to the likes of Dennis Wilson at a time like this? We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. Roger Marsh here. Just want to take a moment to thank you for the outstanding support that you've shown to our friends at Preborn. Up to this point, we have a remarkable report to share with you. Uh, Preborn last year placed 25 ultrasound machines in pregnancy health centers all over the country. And this year, they're going to add one more. Thanks to bottom line listeners, you have raised over $15,000 for the purpose of putting an ultrasound machine in a pregnancy health center. But there's more. You've also raised enough money to save the lives of 240 babies. That's right, their moms come into a preborn clinic. For every 100 women who come in, 83 will have an ultrasound and see the baby's image and decide, oh my gosh, that's my son, that's my daughter. They hear the heartbeat and they get excited either to become new parents or to become parents who will release those children for adoption. Your $28 donation makes this possible. A $280 donation means that 10 babies' lives are saved. $2,800 will save 100 babies. $1,400 will save 50. Now give us a call at 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or go to kbrightradio.com or rogermarsh.com today. You'll see a pre-born banner. Click on that banner and make your donation. It takes less than 28 seconds to make a $28 donation that will save a baby's life. Contact Preborn right now. Welcome back to this Everyone Wednesday today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh, and uh, we've taken a look at how things might not be going so well for uh, Gavin Newsom simply because of a budget crisis or two. Now, if you, to, be, to be fair, this is a guy who before COVID hit predicted that California would have a state budget deficit of $54 billion if they didn't get any help from the federal government. Well, they got plenty of help from the federal government and wound up pocketing quite a, a nice little piece of change, as they'd say. Uh, that $54 billion uh, shortfall never really happened because the economy remained strong. Well, it kind of remained strong, but it also, um, well, they got a lot of help from the federal government. And that will be the downfall, I think, of Gavin Newsom because now the new analysts, uh, legislative analyst office, are predicting that California, instead of having a $100 billion budget surplus next fiscal year, it'll only be a $25 billion deficit. Now, if California really did play like we have to run our households, 
they'd say, well, we've got about $37 billion in the bank right now, so we're good. And we've got some other, uh, you know, lots of cash on hand to meet various demands. According to Gabriel Petek of the Legislative Analyst Office, this is not insignificant, but it's also manageable. So we wouldn't exactly call it a budget crisis. But the latest prediction here about this uh, $25 billion deficit is likely to stick because of inflation. California has a 3.9% unemployment rate. That's the lowest percentage it's been in California since 1976. Even though Facebook parent Meta announced it's going to lay off 13% of its workforce and they're headquartered in California, um, it's just not a sustainable way of doing business. Now, it's interesting because, of course, the Sacramento crowd is saying, oh, yeah, we knew this was going to happen. This is realistic and it's reasonable, but we'll manage. I don't know, quite frankly. I think Gavin Newsom may be leaving that mess for the next governor to come on board and get. We'll put this article up at thebottomlineshow.com. As we continue, tomorrow is Thanksgiving, so why not talk about gratitude? Um, Many people are going to get together for a Thanksgiving dinner, even though the uh, recent report we indicated that one out of every three Americans is going to do a shorter, kind of more truncated version of um, Thanksgiving meal, just not as many, you know, bells and whistles. But one out of every four American families is saying, look, it's too expensive. We're not going to do it. I want to recommend that you do get together for some kind of Thanksgiving gathering. Maybe get together for pie. You know, just swap pies and, you know, swap stories. When families get together, that generational legacy is so strong. It's so compelling. It's so uh, helpful, I think, that quite frankly, it's, it's important for us to get together and spend time together giving thanks to God for his provision for us and expressing our gratitude for each and every person that God brings into our life. Uh, author Michelle Howe has written a book that has a very basic, direct, right-to-the-point title, But I think the concepts here are things that we need to revisit over and over again in our lives. The book is called Grace and Gratitude for Everyday Life. If you have found yourself maybe coming up on the short end of that, maybe you had situations where you were hoping for a bit more gracious response from someone and they weren't that way. It makes it tougher to be content, uh, to be happy in every situation, not because of every situation. Michelle's got some great resources to share with us that I think will be of great benefit to us. And remember, today is Everyone Wednesday. So if you want to start calling in right now, get in line. we got a couple copies of Michelle's book to give away. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. That's the number to get you through to the bottom line. Here on this Thanksgiving Eve, we're going to take a quick break. We're grateful for the uh, folks who sponsor our program each and every day here on the Bottom Line Show. Our friends at Wilson Financial, uh, Stephanie Cover, the folks at Preborn, and now the Alliance Defending Freedom coming on board very, very soon. And we're grateful for you for listening to The Bottom Line Show each and every day. Michelle Howe joins me next as The Bottom Line continues. We are living in unprecedented times. You probably haven't heard that yet today, or maybe you have, but uh, not only are we living in unprecedented times, but what many people are finding themselves uh, finding moments where it seems like all hope is lost. I mean, even uh, experiencing despair in record numbers. And today here on The Bottom Line, we're going to offer some antidotes to that despair. Michelle Howe is with me. She's a well-known author and speaker, uh, has written a brand new book called Deliver Us, Finding Hope in the Psalms for Moments of Desperation. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Michelle Howe, welcome to The Bottom Line Show. Hey, thank you, Roger, for having me. 
You know, the Psalms are something of a mystery to some people. I know if you favor contemporary praise and worship music, oftentimes uh, people will set a psalm to music. But when you dig in deeper to what the Psalms are all about, oftentimes the writers of the Psalms, David and the like, are really crying out in lament more than anything else. What was it about? Uh, is it about the times right now that led you to put this book together? Or was this one of those God moments where he led you to re- write this book about a year ago and it's just now coming out? Well, it was one of those God moments that we all mm. experienced because it was like, oh, at least 18 months ago. And I remember just feeling more and more drawn to the Psalms myself. And for many years, I have been reading five Psalms a day, and I have a formula for that in the book. And if you follow the formula, you read through the whole book of Psalms uh, 12 times a year, which is mm-hmm. it's wonderful. And it's a, it's a really great way to start your day, because mm-hmm. as you just said, the Psalms are not lightweight, and they cover every emotion that we have. I mean, whether you're angry, sad, anxious, depressed, discouraged, or if you're happy, joyful, thankful, you know, and you're, you're over the top, you know, jubilant about something, we like to say in a kind of a comical way, there's a psalm for that. And uh, <laughs> he said, people, you know, you can't go anywhere else in Scripture. I think they cover so many emotions and does it in such a way that you might have one emotion when you start reading a psalm, but by the mm-hmm. end of it, you seem to have worked through some things, and you're always at that God moment you know that he will deliver you. He promises to be with you. It's just so full of hope and encouragement and eternal truth that I encourage everybody to start reading it every single day. Mm, well, Michelle House giving us some food for thought today here on The Bottom Line Show. Her brand new book is called Deliver Us, Finding Hope in the Psalms for Moments of Desperation. And we have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. I love that. Uh, there, the, the phrase for many years has been, well, there's an app for that, you know, to f- solve our problems. Uh-huh. Having, the, having the mentality there's a psalm for that, I think, really helps us uh, get directed and, and focuses us in, in terms of the things that we're going through. Because I'm sure, Michelle, you've encountered a lot of people who um, have read your work over over the years and said, wow, it's like you're, you know, well, the old phrase used to be, it's like you're reading my mail. It's like you're living in my home. Mm-hmm. And when they make the connection that the writers of the Psalms are writing from real life experiences that weren't always, I'm being attacked by an army of Amalekites or something like that, but they really are moments of personal introspection. It, it, it makes scripture come alive in a fresh new way, does it not? Oh, it does, because you, you'll read a psalm, and like, let's say you are just struggling with, with with all of life, and you go to Psalm 23, and, you know, the first line is, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And that really just means, because Jesus is, is walking with me and shepherds me through my life, there is nothing that I will need that he will not supply. Now, we're not talking about wants, we're talking about needs. Yes. And just as you go through that psalm, it's so beautifully written. You, I, I just feel myself, my heart rate will slow down. I can take a deep breath and exhale and feel like the, Jesus is just walking with me saying, oh, honey, I've got this. Mm-hmm. Just trust me. And no matter where you're at, high season, low season, or somewhere in between, I'll walk you through until, you know, you meet me face to face. And you go to other psalms where you're struggling with, you know, maybe you don't feel like you have enough or you don't have the job you want or you don't have a spouse because you're single and you go to Psalm 24 and he, it just says the Lord, everything, the whole world, the heaven and earth, it all belongs to the Lord, everything yes. in it, meaning you and me. And I'm so taken aback by that because I'll say, if I start getting a little whiny in my heart, mm-hmm. I'll go to that and say, okay, Lord, you own everything anyway. So, okay, maybe we lost money because 
the economy did a downturn, even though we were faithful. It's right. all yours anyway. You know, and mm-hmm. it just kind of puts exactly. us in our place, gives us that eternal perspective, and then we can walk away going, you know what, Lord, you are overseeing this entire universe perfectly, and I need to lean in and just trust you. Mm. Michelle Howe, my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Michelle's book is going to be a big help for people now. I mean, right now. We're talking about immediate help uh, in the book called Deliver Us, Finding Hope in the Psalms for Moments of Desperation. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. I can relate, and I think a lot of our listeners can too, with the writers of the Psalms saying, you know, help me in my distress. But you point out the fact that there are no fewer than 30 different topics that are covered in the 150 psalms that are in Scripture that are very, very practical. I was surprised to see that you have psalms that apply to situations like uh, challenges in marriage. Uh, talk about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about the, why, why it's important to say, okay, I, you know, maybe there is a, a Jesus preaching Sermon on the Mount type of thing about marriage, but I wasn't expecting David or Solomon or you know, uh, anyone else to, to come up with that type of topic. Yeah, and I think that one of the the most, uh, I don't know, I guess powerful parts of the book of Psalms is that it addresses every kind of circumstance we'll be in, whether we're really doing well, or like you just said, maybe we're really struggling in our marriage or at work, or we've just been given uh, a terminal diagnosis, you know, or we've just been let go from a job. You know, it's these attitudes of the heart that never change century by century. We are all the same on the inside. We are facing the same feelings and responses. And and again and again, what does the Lord tell us to do? Go to my word to Mm -hmm. be renewed in your mind daily. Here's the key, people. Go to my word. You don't need to go to a friend right away. You don't need to even go to your spouse right away. You don't need to go to a self-help book. You go to my word first, settle yourself before the Lord, and I personally will find maybe half of the struggles I have are gone by the time I've spent time pouring over Scripture, praying and releasing those problems into God's keep and care. And I think that we often, our first knee-jerk reaction when we are in a hard situation or we are blindsided Mm -hmm. is that we run to other people because we want help, which I understand. I have wonderful friends and a wonderful husband I can talk to. But as my husband has often reminded me, I am not your God. You go to him first. <laughs> because I, I, you know, he's a Mr. Fix-It man wonderfully, but he cannot fix the attitudes of my heart. Mm-hmm. And my heart needs to be mended and tended to with care by the Lord first so that I can respond in a way that honors the Lord. Mm, that's key. And of course, that, that hits a lot of Christians right where we live is the fact that uh, those types of relational issues and to know that there are, you know, principles in the book of Psalms to help our, it's such an encouraging word that we're getting today from Michelle Howe here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Michelle's book is called Deliver Us, Finding Hope in the Psalms for Moments of Desperation. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. One of the other uh, uh, topics that you discover here, or that you discuss here is with regarding uh, a prodigal child. And I want you to talk about uh, that aspect of relationships too, because I know that impacts a lot of bottom line listeners. There are a lot of, uh, you know, adults who have gotten older, they have adult children who've wandered away, and they're praying for them. What what kind of resourcing do you find in the book of Psalms for a situation like that, Michelle? Well, the story that I share in the book, and it is a true story, is a Maggie story where she has um, a heroin-addicted adult son, 
and she gets awoken in the middle of the night with a phone call. Um, Mom, they're trying to hurt me. Come help me. Come get me right now. And then the, the line goes dead. Right. Unknown number. Okay, so true story. Well, she, in former days, would fall apart with that kind of a phone call because who wouldn't? Right. But in, she calls herself now the before and the after Maggie. Well, the before Maggie would be calling the police immediately, would be, you know, pacing around, would be getting in her car, going out looking for her, her son, who mm-hmm. is in his 30s, mind you. He's not like a young adult. He's older. But the after Maggie, who learned she could not focus, she could not exist. She was so filled with anxiety and fear and worrying over what her son might do next. Finally had to give it to the Lord. And supernaturally, he took that burden from her. And mm-hmm. now when she gets a phone call like that in the middle of the night, she just goes right to her Bible, opens it up. She has her favorite passages all highlighted. She has a journal right next to it and pours over God's word until she is calm enough to take a deep breath and exhale and then do the next appropriate step. But she calms herself down first, and she's so changed. And she said, I could never have existed this many years with my son being a heroin addict if I had not found the resource and the supernatural strength of the Holy Spirit to just live one day at a time, to go to bed at night and commit all my loved ones into his care and keeping and sleep well. You know, and and I think that's what we all need to do is because many of us are facing similar challenges. If it's not a prodigal child, it may be a prodigal spouse. It may be Mm -hmm. that we are, we have cancer and we don't have long to live. It may be that our parents are dying. We don't know what is. It could be COVID-19, which Mm -hmm. has upended all of our lives. And, uh, you know, you find that resource and that comfort. And, you know, the Lord, that's why he gave us the book, is to open it and to read it and to read his promises and then to pray those promises back to him, which is what I often do when I'm struggling is I'll say, okay, Lord, right here in Psalm 68, you said this. You know, please, yes. will you help me through this? And I, I take you at your word. And, and I often tell him, I want to honor you by trusting you because I know you are worthy of my trust. Amen. And I think that's where Maggie has finally gotten to. She knows that God is worthy of her trust and that he will handle her son's situation, it is out of her hands. There aren't, isn't anything else she can, you know, physically or motherly do. And I think we've all faced situations like that. We're up against the wall. But then the Lord says, well, I've been waiting for you to get there. Now <laughs> I can step in and I can help you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. That's a great image for us to uh, take a quick break on here. Michelle, how is my guest? Her book is called Deliver Us, Finding Hope in the Psalms for Moments of Desperation. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. More of these great stories in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Call Dennis Wilson and his team today at 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. I get this comment a couple times a week. You know, should I stay in the market or should I get out? If you like the results of the last two years, stay in. If not, then we've got some great solutions to help you stop the bleeding, put the stitches in, and then go from there. I personally think that the current administration is going to continue the roller coaster of the market, and it's going to be especially hard for those who are living on a fixed income or nearing retirement. It's leading us down the road to where the huge majority of people who are studying what's going on think that a recession is almost here. And so with this administration we have, I would recommend you get away and stay away. 
Protect your resources in retirement with Wilson Financial Services. Call 800-696-9970. That's 800-696-9970. Or fill out the contact form at kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial. Delightful conversation about a difficult topic today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh, joined for this segment by author Michelle Howe, the author of numerous books for women and families, including Strength for All Seasons, Navigating the Friendship Maze, and Giving Thanks for a Perfectly Imperfect Life. Over 3,000 articles, etc. She's been interviewed on a variety of different Christian programs, and we're privileged to have her here on The Bottom Line show today to talk about her brand new book called Deliver Us, Finding Hope in the Psalms for Moments of Desperation. We've got a link for the book up at the bottom show.com Michelle before the break you had did, you did mention you've broken the psalms into about 30 different categories which for 150 psalms works out logically to around four or five per topic but there's a method that you have a methodology it's not just a question of saying here if you're having this problem read this psalm problem solved <laughs> talk about uh, how you encourage people to really let the psalms uh, kind of work through their lives if they're going through a particular issue So I have a pattern that I followed over the years, and it involves reading five psalms every day. And using this pattern, you can go through the book of Psalms 12 times a year. And what I do is I take the date of the calendar that you're on right now, and you read that date, and then you add 30, you add 30, you add 30, and you add 30. And you'll find that each topic will have the same theme through those five specific different psalms. And it's just a miraculous thing that God did when the Holy Spirit, you know, put this whole book together for us. Or a concordance. And you just look up whatever you're struggling with. You know, if you're mm-hmm. depressed, you look up depression. And you're going to find numerous psalms that deal with depression. And you just go through and read one, you know, two, three, four, five, six, seven, twenty. doesn't matter. Until you find one that you really feel like, oh... It just is speaking to me. And then I tell people, get out an index card and write down a few verses and carry them with you because we are not good rememberers. We're no better than the Israelites in the Old Testament <laughs> who continually forgot yep. the supernatural things that God did for them and his faithfulness. And I have purposed in my life to be a good rememberer. So, mm. what, And I'm getting older. I'm 60 now, so I don't mm. remember as well. So I write things down, and I carry them with me. And when I need a particular bit of encouragement on a specific day for you know a certain challenge I'm going through, I do not hesitate to hourly reread that verse just to cement it into my heart and mind. And then I am faith-filled. I am hope-filled. And I have the encouragement, you know, to face whatever God has placed before me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's good counsel. And uh, and you reminded me that I have a birthday coming up, and I'll be close to an age to you. So that we do need to write things oh. down, don't we, if we get a certain, <laughs> you know, we, we get to be that certain season of life, and you can't really trust, uh, you know, the fact that you have, you've got, you really had a razor-sharp memory when you were younger. But uh, I think that's one of my favorite verses in all the Psalms, uh, the ones that you see is, I will remember, I will remember, you know, the, the crying out yeah. to God and lamenting. And then, like David says, but I will remember your promises. I'll, I'll remember your truth. And, and that, that's very, very key. Uh, Michelle Howe is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. Her book is called Deliver Us, Finding Hope in the Psalms for Moments of Desperation. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. We're living in unprecedented times. You hear that an, an awful lot. But you and I were chit-chatting during the break about something that I think it's important for us to to really weigh in on, and that is the fact that there are some people. I was talking with a, a fairly noteworthy ministry leader just uh, not too long ago about how COVID had impacted his family, and I was really surprised at how rattled he was 
I mean, just in terms mm -hmm. of the fact that uh, a couple of family members had gotten it, he didn't, but they did. And this is a guy who, you know, when you see him in public, you'd say, wow, he's really got it all together and, you know, whatever. But mm -hmm. then as we were talking and sharing just, you know, as, as friends, as it, it was very interesting to see how he was rattled. Uh, I know that when you look at the season that we're in with the Psalms and how they can re help us relate to, to challenging times, uh, everybody's going through some kind of change right now. And I want you to take some time and help us understand why it's important for us, even if it seems like someone's doing okay in the COVID-19 world, uh, those changes can really take a toll on us if we're not careful. Yeah, they really can. And I think that a good reminder for all of us is that we first need to make a key admission to ourselves is that all change is stressful and hard, all yes. change. Mm -hmm. And that includes the good, wonderful plan for changes, like when you know your children are getting married or you graduated sure. from college or, you, or you're moving to a city that you've always wanted to live in. That, those are positives, but it's change and change is hard. Or those hard hit you in the middle of the night, blindsiding, terrifying scenarios that we face on occasion. Either way, change is hard and it can cause internal upheaval. And I think we undermine the effect that change can have on us mentally, spiritually, physically, and emotionally. So I, you know, I've talked to many Christians and, and talking to myself as well, saying, okay, be kind to yourself because, you know, my husband's a teacher, so he had to teach from home for three and a half months. Oh, boy, you know, he took that was a challenge. He, yeah, sure. it, it was. And he teaches advanced calculus of all things, right? Oh, it's way over wow. my head. But trying to, <laughs> but trying to get that kind of information effectively to each one of his 169 students was mm -hmm. hard. Mm -hmm. It was hard yes. on him. It was hard on us. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, wow, I mean, he did it and did it well. And then we have the summer off and now he starts back and it's all uncertain again. Mm -hmm. And I was reflecting, what have I done that's helped? And I feel like the Lord has really shown me small, regular habits are really key right now. You know, I don't have normalcy anymore in a lot of areas of my life, nor does anyone I know. So I make sure that I get in God's Word in the morning. I pray. I write a verse down, like I said earlier, carry it with me. I make sure I exercise every day, you mm -hmm. know, because I have pent-up emotion. Yes. You know, get out for a walk, something. Get outside no matter what the weather is. And then third, I make sure I am looking around every day that I can minister to somebody else somebody yeah. else who is in need. And it may be a letter, it may be an email, it may be some texting, it may be delivering a meal, running errands, whatever it is. But every day beyond the scope of what my responsibilities are, find someone you can invest in. And then, you know, if somehow that those three things seem to really stabilize me, even though the rest of the world might be going crazy, mm -hmm. I have those certain patterns I'm implementing. And I encourage people to do that because there's a lot out of our control right now, and if we can make a few key healthy choices, spiritually healthy, emotionally healthy, and physically healthy choices, the change doesn't seem to hit us as hard. Right. Right. And that now more than ever, I mean, it is encouraging. I quote Dr. Tony Evans a lot on this one. He says, you know, when you hit rock bottom, remember that Jesus is the rock at the bottom. I mean, sometimes for Christians, Amen. we forget when you get knocked over, when something knocks you off course, like you mentioned with the, the, the school issue or with work or whatever, COVID-19, uh, it, it has knocked, it's taken everybody for a ride. I mean, there, I don't think anyone's immune mm -hmm. to it. 
But it is so encouraging to know. And, and, and Michelle, I, I just love God's sense of timing because, I mean, obviously he's eternal and he sees the future. When he put mm-hmm. this burden on your heart 18 months ago, knowing full well that this book was going to drop, as they say, right in the middle of everything that we're going through. And even the title of the book, Deliver Us, Finding Hope in the Psalms for Moments of Desperation. Who knew how many more people would really be experiencing that kind of desperation? And here you are with a resource that is perfectly timed and designed to help us uh, use the Psalms for very practical solutions. And I'm going to quote you on this one. There's a Psalm for that, uh, as it should be our mantra as Christians, instead of there's an app for that. Uh, Michelle, thank you for, for your time today. Thanks for this book. Again, the book is called Deliver Us, Finding Hope in the Psalms for Moments of Desperation. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Michelle, how great to get to know you. Thanks for being with me today here on the program. Thank you so much. Great conversation. Always good to have Michelle Howe on the broadcast, and I love the fact that we can give away her book here on the day before Thanksgiving because the book is called Grace and Gratitude for Everyday Life. We have one copy to give away, and I would love to give it to you uh, as kind of a Thanksgiving gift. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line show I only have one copy of Michelle's book Grace and Gratitude for Everyday Life but because of our gratitude for you today is Everyone Wednesday so everyone who calls in is going to get a copy of either Michelle's book or Matt Hammett's book yeah Matt Hammett from Sanctus Real is going to join us coming up just after the top of the hour to have a conversation about his most recent book as well uh, literally about uh, the book's called Leave Me. So we've got a couple of great resources to make available to you here on Everyone Wednesday. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Bless your children with the help you've always wanted to give them. Newport Bay Mortgage works with your unique circumstances to explain the benefits of a reverse mortgage in today's market. Act now and provide for your family in need by gifting them a fraction of the fruits of your labor. With Newport Bay Mortgage, you can clarify the advantages of a reverse mortgage in your specific situation with professional insights on the current market. Sharing the rewards of a reverse mortgage is a valuable act of service that helps your loved ones establish valuable financial security for the future. Use the gift from your home to contribute towards God's work and plans by blessing your family in need with real financial help. Make up your mind today to make a difference in the lives of those who mean the most to you. Start by calling Newport Bay Mortgage at 714-741-8080, 714-741-8080. Visit kbrightradio.com slash reverse or NMLS 332959. Newport Bay Mortgage is an equal opportunity housing lender. My thanks again to Michelle Howe, author of the great new book that we've got up at thebottomlineshow.com. It's called Grace and Gratitude for Everyday Life. And if you need a dose of this, I want to say if you need a shot of grace and gratitude, this is a good resource to have, Um, especially with Thanksgiving being tomorrow, a day that we give our collective thanks as a nation to God for his provision. I know there are a lot of people that say, wait, I mean, you don't know what it's like. I mean, when you think about the history of Thanksgiving and where America was and the colonizers and everything, why are we giving thanks? thanks to God. Here's the reason why, if you're looking for an answer. The reason is that God is good to his children, and God has shed his provision and his grace on this nation. Now, what have we done with those gracious and provision, uh, gifts of provision? Well, that's something that's on us. But in terms of giving thanks to God, 
we can have grace and gratitude every day in our lives because of our lives here in the U.S., because of our lives as Christians, because of our, our, our lives and the relationships that we have. I'm not saying that this is exclusively American, but since tomorrow is Thanksgiving Day here in the States, I hope that you pray that you'll have an attitude of grace and gratitude every day. But get together tomorrow, even if you're not having the big blowout. We hear from the uh, experts that one out of every three Americans is scaling way back on Thanksgiving, and one out of every more, four American families isn't even doing it. I hope you get together. Maybe you just get together for pie and coffee. Get together for, I don't know, in our family, we would probably get together for stuffing. <laughs> that seems to be a favorite for us. Spend time with your family. Praise God for the good things that he has blessed you with. And also praise him for the hardships and the challenges too. Uh, sometimes, you know, that yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death thing actually has a greater impact on growing our faith and our trust in him than any just, you know, blind squirrel finding some kind of goodness that just happened along your path. Call right now at 800-227-5278 here on Everyone Wednesday. We've got one copy of Michelle Howe's book, Grace and Gratitude for Everyday Life, to give away. And if you missed any part of the program, remember that the whole schmear is up at thebottomlineshow.com, and you can download it there, and you can uh, listen. Actually, you can watch us at myhopenow.com as well. For our KCBC audience, happy Thanksgiving. Join us again tomorrow for a special Thanksgiving edition of The Bottom Line Show. You get to hear a little bit of Pastor Roger sharing from my heart about Thanksgiving and the reason why it's so important in our Christian faith. For those who remain on the network, my conversation with Matt Hammett of Sanctus Real, talking about his book, Lead Me, Finding Courage to Fight for Your Marriage, Your Children, and Your Faith, which is up at thebottomlineshow.com. Matt Hammett joins me next for those who remain on the network as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show, or welcome in if you're just tuning in today. I'm Roger Marsh, and it is Everyone Wednesday here on The Bottom Line Show. And I love it when we have a couple different resources to give away. It seems like we always get a lot of calls from people when we have a, you know, maybe a, a book or two to give away, maybe one copy of something. We'll get one or two calls. And then sometimes we have like, hey, I got five copies of this and the phones just go nuts. Well, today we have two different resources to share with you. One of them you've already been calling in on from Michelle Howe and her outstanding book for this time of year called Grace and Gratitude for Everyday Life, 800-227-5278. And then as we continue here today, I wanted to revisit. Here we are on uh, the day before Thanksgiving. And it's a time when a lot of people are reflective and they're, uh, you know, kind of looking back on the things that have happened in their lives. And I really encourage you to do this as a family, maybe as a married couple. If you haven't had the opportunity to look back on what's happened in your world over the past 12 months, there have been some heartaches, sure. There have been some, uh, some good things that have happened, but there are lots of reasons to rejoice. And I encourage you to take the time to enumerate them. Even if you're not having a big blowout Thanksgiving or like in our case, half our kids are in Texas. So we're, we're just kind of laying low. My mom and dad are recovering from surgeries and medical issues. So they're in the hospital right now. So we, we, they're going to have their meal all taken care of tomorrow. But I encourage you to, to do not be slow to recognize the good things that God has done for you. Philippians chapter four, verse six says, uh, don't worry about anything, pray about everything, tell God your needs. And then the best part of the verse is don't forget to thank him for his answers, his responses, the way that he actually intercedes and intervenes in our life. A couple of years ago, I got a chance to meet a really uh, remarkable young man. His name is Matt Hammett. Matt was the lead singer of a group called Sanctus Real for many, many years. He was the leader of that group for uh, a, a decade or so, or actually or more. And I remember being at the SoCal Harvest, I think it was in 2009. I went there with my kids 
And I was go- we were going through a tough time as a family. Um, my wife and I at the time had separated and um, it was irreparable and it was unfortunate. And, um, and people say, well, how do you know it's irreparable? Well, it was biblical divorce, so I'll just let it go with that. There's nothing more to say. But I took the kids to the Harvest Crusade, even though they were all baptized believers, just because I thought we kind of needed to kind of refocus and recenter a little bit. And Matt and Sanctus Real were there, and they performed the song called Lead Me, and he shared about how his ministry was taking him all over the place. And he, his wife finally came to him in a fit of frustration and said, hey, you know, I, what we need is we need you to be the head of the household. We need you to lead us and guide us. And uh, he wound up that led him away from 200 dates a year on the road and being a full-time dad for a season before he started to do a chapter in ministry. And he wrote a book about this experience called Lead Me, Finding Courage to Fight for Your Marriage, Your Children, and Your Faith. And that book is up at thebottomlineshow.com. We're giving away a copy of it today, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. That's the number to get you through to the bottom line. It's one of our Everyone Wednesday's gifts today. And I want to revisit this conversation. This was recorded in Nashville at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention a couple of years ago, about a month before the pandemic began. Uh, Tamara, let's go ahead and roll it right now here on The Bottom Line. Special guest today with me here on The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. As you can tell by the ambiance around here, we are not in the studio. We are on location, and uh, the we uh, for this uh, half hour uh, features uh, Matt Hammett, who's the singer, of, uh, a Christian musician, husband, father. Uh, you remember him from the group Sanctus Real. And he had a, 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 a very popular song about a decade or so ago, yeah. quite that long, called Lead Me. It's now kind of spun off into a ministry, and, uh, and he's here with a brand new book called Lead Me, Finding Courage to Fight for Your Marriage, Children, and Faith. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Matt Hammett, welcome to The Bottom Line Show. Hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. This song really struck a nerve with people. I mean, it was a very personal one for you and your wife and your family, but boy, you you heard about it, didn't you? Yeah, you know, it's crazy. When I wrote the song, uh, that kind of the, the, the at least the first draft of this song, um, it was a day that my wife actually really sat me down through tears and just really told me like she just was not doing well in our marriage. Um, she was struggling to feel that I was leading in a way that she w- would desire me to lead. And we were really in a pretty bad cycle of communication and conflict. And I just felt like that day God gave me the grace to hear her heart. And I think God gave her the grace to speak through true hurt, show her real feelings. I did, you know, sometimes when we get in conflict, we only see anger, right? And, and um, I just was able to see her heart and her hurt. And it just broke me and um, just opened my, my heart to just praying that the Lord would speak to me and show me what it was that I needed to do. Um, and out of that came this song, Lead Me, that I didn't even want to share with the world. Because basically I just thought, well, this is a song that's personal. And then the guys heard it and said, oh, come on, we got to do something with this. And then the president of the record label heard it. And, of course, from there it just um, really resonated with people. And, um, and I think it's just because it is so personal. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's not an easy—I mean, I'm sure it, it was very, very cathartic for you to write it. Say, this is good. This is kind of where—this is—I I, want to let you know I heard you, you know, and, and that's great. But then you, you get that and you're kind of like, okay, good. I figured that out. But I'm also a guy and I'm also in front of a lot of people. And I really don't want to have to bring this to the forefront. What was that conversation like with God? Yeah, it's messy. It's messy, right? Um, I think that God has really laid it on my heart 
to to be a steward of the hard parts of my story in a way that would help other people know they're not alone. And so I do think there's kind of a grace there, but that, that does, doesn't go without saying like, yes, it is not at first, especially it wasn't easy to tell the story like, oh yeah, like I've, you know, failed to lead the way that I was meant to lead, you know? And, and I think, but here's the thing, it's the more that I tell that story, the more I realize like, every man that I meet is struggling with this very same feeling of trying to balance career dreams and family dreams. And they're feeling that tension. And so that is, uh, for me, I think it was the fuel to be able to say, you know what? People need this message. They need to know they're not alone. And then to move beyond that, the really cool part was as God was practically, uh, teaching me some of the steps that I needed to take, um, to become a stronger husband and a, and a, and a better man. Um, I've been able along the way to have a platform to share those things with guys um, and families. And so kind of the unpacking of this message per se has been a real blessing for me. Yeah, I'll bet. Matt Hammett is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called Lead Me, Finding Courage to Fight for Your Marriage, Children, and Faith. And we've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. What kind of response did you have from your wife first, but then secondly, from the women who heard this too? Because I talk to a lot of women who call the program or people I know in pastoral ministry, and one thing that I keep hearing over and over again, it's a very politically incorrect thing or incorrect thing to say, is I wish my husband were more of a leader. I wish my husband were more, well, I hate to say more of a man, but I mean, and we live in a culture that really de-emphasizes that. So what kind, what did you get, what kind of response did you get? Well, I think, you know, w- w- women innately, especially women who are in, you know, Christian marriages still undoubtedly, I I believe that it's in a woman's heart, uh, in general, but a lot of times pain, right. Causes us to, to want to push away, uh, God's design or, or our need for others. We all have a need for others. He's created us right with those needs. Um, it is kind of politically incorrect for a woman to say, hey, I need my husband to lead me in this way these days. But man, I think that is the desire that that not only did my wife have, but I do still see so many women who that's what they want more than anything in their home. And so it is interesting because women will come to me all the time still and they'll say, what did, you, what did your wife say to you that changed your heart? And, and I'll always tell them, or my wife will tell them, like, hey, no, I put this in the book too, by the way. When I first wrote that song, she was just kind of like, yeah, big deal. You wrote another song. I want action. Right. So it was like she wasn't impressed. Number two, she'll say, you know, I don't remember the exact words I said that day because I'd said the same kind of thing a thousand times before. And it took them that long to hear me. And so it's like we as guys have such a hard time not just opening our our ears, the ears on our head, but the ears in our heart to hear what our wives are actually trying to say to us, not our own interpretation or not the compartmentalized version of what we wanted to hear and then push the rest away. Uh, it's hard to receive the all of that into our hearts. And, and that's really been the struggle. And so that's really what I just try to encourage women. Like, hey, be patient with your husband. Don't get angry, or if you are angry, try to find times when you can show him your real heart through your hurt so he doesn't, you know, see this wall of of uh, attitude in front of it, right? We need to see the real heart and the real hurt for it to reach us. And so, um, gosh, and I try to tell men, like, man, just be humble. And it doesn't hurt to hear what she's saying, you know, to, to he- he- hear the message. Um, 
So it, it's it's difficult though. It's it's this one step at a time kind of process. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it it certainly is. It is yeah. a process. It's an important process though. And I Matt, I appreciate your vulnerability. When you started working on this, I mean, I'm sure there was some point where you said, okay, uh, people don't realize how much it takes to be a Christian musician these days. The studio work, the road work, the appearances, everything. I mean, it's a full time job plus. And you're at home with how many kids at this point? Yeah. Yeah, so four kids. Uh, you know, at the time, at the time, actually, when Lead Me was written, we were we only had two. But right, the, the craziest part about this whole story, which I'll mention, uh, having to do with what you're talking about, this tension of having family at home and being away for 200 days out of the year, or whatever. Um, the irony of this whole story is that the song that I wrote about being a better husband and father. The success of that very song is the thing that really took me away even more from my family. And so there's kind of this whole irony of the story how I'm thinking, I write this song and I hear my wife's heart and I've got it all together. Um, but God really actually used it to kind of to, to crush the pride I had <laughs> and, and humble me for real. Um, and But the day Leave Me went number one, I was at my newborn son's bedside, my third child, Bowen, who has heart disease. Uh, I was at his bedside while I was having his first open heart surgery. So see the contrast even there of like, wow, we've wanted this number one adult contemporary song, top 40 song forever. We finally have it. We've got everything we wanted. And now, but I'm here at my son's bedside just wanting him to survive. Yeah. Yeah. It really p- puts it in perspective. And and my heart resonates with that, having had open heart surgery myself. You know, it's, hey, I mean, I'm... What was it like? I mean, it was congenital, obviously. I mean, how old was he when he had his first surgery? So Bowen had two surgeries within the first six months of life, two open heart. Um, and that was uh, September of 2010 and then in February of 2011. And so we were in the hospital for about four months um, it, with complications throughout that time. Um, and then he actually had his third major open heart surgery just last July, uh, just before he turned nine. So it's pretty, we actually, we, we actually filmed a documentary that entire year of what it's like for a family to walk through chronic illness um, called Bowen's Heart. That'll be coming out at some point in the next year or so. Love it. I love it. Well, look, we're going to take a break. I want to talk about, obviously, the fact that we t- describe you as, as being a part of uh, Sanctus Real, but now the former lead singer for Sanctus Real. So one of your biggest hits kind of led you in a different direction ministry-wise. So on the other side of this break, we'll talk about that. Matt Hammett is with me today. The book is called Lead Me, Finding Courage to Fight for Your Marriage, Children, and Faith. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. More in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. You know, one of the things I love about the ministry of preborn is that in addition to the the actual practical things that we talk about, the fact that women come in for a free ultrasound and a free pregnancy test, and once they see that ultrasound, 83% of the time, a woman who sees the ultrasound and here's the baby's heartbeat for the first time is going to say, that's my son, that's my daughter, I can't wait to be a mom. Or they're going to say, wow, that is a baby that's just so beautiful and I can't wait to release this child for adoption. Now, obviously, there's a third option that's legal in the People's Republic of California, but the beautiful thing about preborn is more hearts and minds are being changed by simply showing mom and dad the image of the baby. But it's more than just that. Of the 56,000 pregnancy tests that were given last year, of the 25,000 babies saved at preborn clinics just through the first six months of this year, do you know how many women are also giving their hearts to Jesus Christ? Nearly 200 women per week. That's over nearly five, more than 5,000 decisions for Christ this year alone. Pro-life, pro-baby, pro-mom, 
pro-gospel. We're saving more than just babies. We're saving souls with preborn. Your $28 donation makes that happen for one child. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229. Call now. Matt Hammond is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. On location, as you can tell, uh, they always, I don't know if it's because people are just hanging around because they want to be close to Matt Hammond. That's really what it is. They're all trying to get on other shows here that are in this big media ballroom. But the the real question they're asking is, so where's Matt? Um, The book is called Lead Me, Finding Courage to Fight for Your Marriage, Children, and Faith. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. I mentioned that Matt is the former lead singer for Sanctus Real. How do we find you online right now before we go any further? Yeah, so matthammett.com is kind of the hub there. You can find everything that I do. Also, people are, you know, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. Super easy. It's just my name, Matt Hammett. And Matt H-A-M-M-I-T-T. You got it. Two M's, two T's. Lots of M's and T's in my name. <laughs> yeah. But that I, too, because somebody might go, well, was there an E or is it an I? So we figured all that out. Bowen's had his surgeries. You and and the family are coming together on a much better level. At some point, you had to say, okay, God, are you leading me away from Sanctus Real? Talk yeah. about what that was like. So I, I describe it as moving from a restlessness that I had for a lot of years uh, in terms of how do I justify this time away from home? Um, and, I, and it, it kind of turned into what I felt as a release. Seasons kind of come, right? And this restlessness and then the release when you know beyond a shadow of a doubt you're being called into a new season. Um, and whether or not we're obedient is the question. And so I knew God was calling me. It was a very hard decision to make. But um, as I stepped away from Sanctus Real, um, it was really amazing because I went from doing being gone about 200 days out of the year to about 50 or 60 days out of the year. So it was really when I was able to um, really focus on using my gifts that, you know, not only cultivating some of the things I'd wanted to do for a long time, which is more speaking and writing um, and mix that with the music. But I was able to, to really focus on, on this message that God had given me. And I knew he was calling me beyond a shadow of a doubt to really... Um, to pursue that message and pursue that journey with other men and other families because that we, we all know the father crisis and the and the and the, the crisis of broken families and culture um just to, and and the reason you know i wanted to share this story in its full form and unpack it was to really give people this this, this feeling like hey uh you're not you're not alone if you're going through hard seasons of marriage everybody goes through hard seasons of marriage um there is hope for hard seasons of marriage and God's grace has certainly covered over us. We tell the most vulnerable, hard stories in this book that I didn't even really want to tell. My wife was like, man, you've got to go deep. So um, that's what my life is like now, speaking at men's and marriage conferences, um, doing... I work with Kirk Cameron on his marriage and parenting events called Living and Reset. I speak a little bit for Family Life Ministries, um, and I do some of my own conferences. And so... That's where my focus is these days, is like helping uh, just equip and encourage families to be stronger and and to build God's kingdom together. You know, I wonder, I was wondering in the middle of all of our conversations, Matt Hammett, we've been focusing so much on your journey and the fact that Sarah was rather underwhelmed with the song initially, (laughs) you know, kind of like, well, that's great, buddy. But, you know, actions speak louder than words. Uh, First question is, how is she doing with this new and improved 
Hammett family. She loves it, man. She loves having me around. She's actually encouraging me to do a little more, to get out of the house, you know, a little more. So uh, she's uh, she's like, okay, buddy, you know, there's balance here on the other side. No, she, uh, no, she's great. She actually, one of the things that makes this book so special to me is that her voice is in it, too. She pops up along the way and says, well, well the way I see it, you know, so it's great because it gives a real look at, at, at our relationship and her voice in my life, which is so valuable. And now, you know, like I said, I've been making this documentary and doing some other other things that are we get to do dream and do together mm, that's wonderful um, you said something earlier I want to circle back around to it because I I, I I hope you'll punctuate this this statement you were talking about the fact that when you played the song she said okay that's fine but basically actions speak louder than words get onto it what is your message for men now who hear this and say okay I know I can and should do better yeah. but I don't know where to start you know, maybe 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 it's it's not a question of I know what to do. I just don't want to do it. Maybe I don't know where to start. What do you tell that guy? I think I think I think it's it's interesting because I think the very first step is the reality check of am I really who I perceive myself to be? That's the I think that's the first thing we have to do. Um, and I'll make this really quick, but I love to, this little analogy about one of those workout dice from the store where you throw it on the ground and it, and it whatever pops up, you're supposed to do it. So it rolled out of the bag and it was like sitting in my car for two months. And I saw every time it'd say 20 push-ups or whatever on there, right? And in my mind, I was doing 20 push-ups. I felt kind of good about myself. And then I was like, I need to do something. I took it in my house. I sat for another two months. I see sit-ups in my mind. I'm crunch, doing crunches, you know, getting ripped on good intentions like and I realized one moment I'm like in my mind I've been working out for four months I see this thing I feel good about having and holding this thing and and but I'm not doing anything and nobody else around me can see the benefits because it's not real it's just all in my head and I think it's the same thing a lot of times I'm like I see my bible uh, you know I see my inspirational books on my bookshelf and all kind of have having these things and holding that makes me feel good about myself but 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 God's calling us to action, right? To do these things. And so I think we have to ask ourselves, am I just holding on to hope? Am I holding on to faith? Am I holding on to good intentions? Am I defining myself by an internal imagined dialogue? Or am I really the person that, that I want to be? And I think coming to grips with the reality of that is the first step that calls us to action to say, you know what? You begin to see who you really are and where you lack. And I think that at that point, that those 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 felt needs in your family begin to declare themselves, and then you have to say, "And I see where this need is in my family. What am I going to do to meet it?" Boy, that's that's powerful, and that will definitely preach because I I'm, <laughs> I often say that in the church, especially the two best forms of exercise are jumping to conclusions and running off of the mouth. <laughs> but but what you've given us a whole new <laughs> vocabulary for that too, because it, it, well, they, you know what they say about the road to hell. And how many of us in the culture where there are so many different things that we can get a hold of to make our lives better, and books on the shelf are just good soundproofing. Yeah. Other than that, they, they, they block out everything else, but they don't really challenge. Uh, Matt Hammett, you've got a word for married couples, too, because obviously it takes two. You know, yeah. when, when Sarah's reaching out to you, you had to respond, but then she had to respond. What's your advice to couples who are yeah. saying, we're in this situation now and we've got, to, we've got to try to fix it? Yeah, I mean, I do really do love it. And it's, it's classic 
but Eggerson Emmerich in Love and Respect really does nail it. And that's why the book is a classic of this crazy cycle that we find ourselves in. when We cannot get our communication in line and we feel broken. And we're often in these cycles of contempt and, you know, this lack of love and respect in the way we're communicating with each other. And somebody's got to break that, right? And, and I do, my, my call to men would be number one, uh, like just, 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 be quiet for a minute and be patient and hear what she's really saying to you. Receive the whole of it in your heart. I mentioned that earlier. Don't come, don't hear what you want to hear. Take a minute and, and, and listen to what she's actually saying and don't say anything. Just listen, take it into your heart. And for women, I really would say, I think a lot of times when I talk to men, you know, there's always this cultural joke about women kind of being nagging or, you know, it's like, that's, it's just kind of really, you know, a stereotype per se. But the reason is because, Sometimes, you know, women get so tired of men not hearing what they're saying that like they, they're, they're like, they get louder, right? They get louder, they say it more, or they withdraw. And I would say, do everything you can to like show your husband your true heart and feeling. Um, don't let it get masked, masked or disguised with anger or with retreat or withdraw. Like, like find a way and a time to show your real heart through love and through sincerity. And I think if, if two, a couple can come together, do that. If the man can lay down his defense and the woman can kind of come show her true heart and feelings, I think there's more of a chance there for them to be heard. Great words of wisdom from Matt Hammett, the author of the brand new book called Lead Me, Finding Courage to Fight for Your Marriage, Your Children, and Faith. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Matt, thanks for your transparency. Thanks for being with us and sharing today here on The Bottom Line. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. And that concludes my conversation with author and singer Matt Hammett. Today here on The Bottom Line, we've been revisiting a conversation I had with Matt a couple of years ago at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Matt is a three-time Dove Award winner, has been nominated for two Grammy Awards, uh, lives in Tennessee with his wife Sarah and their four kids, and uh, really has a uh, uh, just a remarkable testimony about having a son who was born with some uh, medical challenges and and what they've been through in terms of their marriage and their ministry. His book is called Lead Me, Finding Courage to Fight for Your Marriage, Your Children, and Your Faith. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and it is Everyone Wednesday today, so everybody who calls is going to win something. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. That's the number to get you through to the bottom line. Call Dennis Wilson and his team today. Wilson Financial Services, honoring God and their clients by stewarding their money well. 800-696-9970. Just reviewed a client who put money into 3D Alternative versus leaving it in a bank. The results are in and they're fun. It's a fun report. Bank Zero, God's Kingdom, two churches in Africa. I often wonder why God's people don't do a better job with stewarding God's money. And I personally think one of them is that they've never been told how or why they should be doing it. Maybe they never heard it's God's money and we're only to be the good stewards of it. But just for fun, this turned out Bank Zero, God's Kingdom, two churches in Africa. This isn't your money. This is God's money. And we want to show you how to be the best possible steward you can be. Wilson Financial Services, 800-696-9970. Or fill out the contact form at kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to this Everyone Wednesday here on the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and sometimes we get a ton of calls and sometimes we don't. But I just love the fact 
that everybody who called in today won something here on the bottom line. And we still are taking your calls until the end of the program today at 800-227-5278. Matt Hammett, of, formerly of Sanctus Real, is the author of a book called Lead Me, Finding Courage to Fight for Your Marriage, Your Children, and Your Faith. And we have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. I mentioned it's one of our Everyone Wednesday giveaways today at 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Guys, Matt speaks from the heart about an issue that is germane to us and to our families, to our spouses, to our children. Even if you're not married, this is a huge thing. The idea that we can serve God, we can love him, we can follow him, and yet that we could do this on his own. You know, it's amazing how many times Matt Hammett has sung the song for people. And the guys hear it and they go, I get it. There's a tension. We're trying to balance work life and home life. And the fact that Matt writes about this so well and gives us literally a biblical exhortation to be faithful to God's vocational call on your life, but also to his eternal call to lead your family spiritually. If you are a grandpa now and you are the one who is imparting wisdom into those sons and sons-in-law in your life. Don't be slack on your duty. Don't ease up on the gas. Be there with the right amount of godly pressure and wisdom. Remember, that diamond is going to come as a result of the pressure against the coal. That pearl is going to come as the result of that uh, adherent and the, the pressure point in the clam. Know that God does his greatest work when the pressure's on. It doesn't mean that you're being chastised quite the bit. You're being corrected, shaped, and formed and led by your heavenly Father who loves you enough and leads you in that direction too. Isn't that good news? That's the bottom line.